The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Wodo experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Wednesday, October 3rd. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And I am rejoined by my man who's back. FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King Scott Angle. We're playing a little Rocky Mountain High because in 13 innings, the Colorado Rockies advanced to the NLDS. Did you stay up and watch it like I did, Scotty? Yes, I did. Uh, you know, very exciting baseball. And, uh, you know, for these, these Major League Baseball players, I, w- I was thinking about, you know, how many of them play fantasy football. Like, they're going to miss their waiver runs. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And then, you know, the the Rockies got to, you know, get on a plane, get on a bus, whatever it is, and go up to Milwaukee as the NLDS starts on Thursday tonight. The AL wildcard game as the Oakland A's will try the opener against the New York Yankees. But we're here to mostly talk about football. And, Scotty, real interesting. I know we missed you yesterday. I'm glad that you're riding back in the saddle. Big shout-out to my Thank man you. Mike Blewett, who helped hold me down, and also to Bavona, the manimal, who helped us out as we used waivers to try to help out his 1-3 and three team. But I know a lot of you guys are out there, maybe at 1-3, and three, maybe at 2-2, two and two, but you still have hope, okay? So let's uh, make sure you go ahead and get the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season fantasy package. You can enter the promo code the King at checkout. There you're going to get all sorts of great content, the Fantasy Executives blog. You'll get rankings in season, rest of season, and all sorts of incredible content. So don't forget about that, all right? You could also join the show by hollering at us at 844-843-6879. Don't forget to follow what? us on Twitter 
at Spittin' Speeds, at Scotty RotoX. What, did I say the number wrong or something, Scotty? What do you got? Why, why, why would you Why'd you have people holler at us? Uh, oh, why would they holler everybody? at us? Is yeah, this some absolutely. sort of hip lingo that I'm not... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of the vernacular, my friend. They can oh, holler at us on the phone, ho- on Twitter. It is all good. All right, Scotty, let's get into it. News and notes. You know, Wednesday, Wednesday morning, at least, is something of a slow day because, you know, we really got to worry about the practice reports that will start on Wednesday. But as Scott and I have explained to you, you got to take the Wednesday ones with a grain of salt. Those are usually just a baseline. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to see DeAndre Hopkins today as a DNP. They're just managing his reps, all right? So don't worry about it as much. Worry about if it trends in the right direction as we get to Friday. But a couple of coaches are talking, Scotty, and I want to ask you about it. Hugh Jackson in Cleveland is saying two things. One, that Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb needs to get some more carries, you know. He had two great runs, but only three carries. And in the same time, he's also saying Antonio Callaway may, quote-unquote, need to get dialed back a bit. So talk to me about these skill position players in Cleveland, Scotty. We all said that now with Baker Mayfield at quarterback, we kind of we think it may rise all boats. But what does this mean in the running back room if Chubb does indeed get some more touches? And what does it mean for the wide receivers if Callaway does indeed, quote-unquote, get dialed back? If Callaway gets dialed back, and he certainly earned it by not catching a lot of his targets, everybody gets excited. But you know, he's just a rookie, and yep. you know, most rookies not named Calvin Ridley really don't make an impact. It seems uh, these days. So you know, I think it makes Rashad Higgins more of a fantasy wide receiver four that you could use on a bye week, and uh, has more of an elevated floor. You know, maybe it means something for David Njoku. Uh, it could be more of a timeshare in this Cleveland backfield. Uh, because Nick Chubb showing some big playability, but I think I, I certainly believe that Carlos Hyde is still the lead back. But you got to bid heavily on Chubb and Fab because Carlos Hyde has an injury history, and Nick Chubb could be starting at any time soon. All right, so you got to keep your eye out on that. I remember telling people not to sleep on Rashad Higgins a couple of weeks ago when everybody was excited about Antonio Callaway. So keep an eye out on the Cleveland Browns uh, in New Orleans, Scotty. You know, we're getting Mark Ingram back, and a lot of people have questions about that. But Sean Payton himself says they need to fight, find the right balance at running back. I guess my question is, what do you think the right balance is, Scott? I mean, we all know what... Mark Ingram is capable of, right? But at the same time, right now, Alvin Kamara is the number one player in fantasy. It depends on your scoring, but in some leagues where I have him, he's got literally 25 points more than Patty Mahomes, who's number two on, you know, in a lot of uh, formats. Alvin Kamara is the number one player in fantasy. And now with Mark Ingram coming back, the question is, what is the right balance there at the running back position in New Orleans? I think kind of what we saw last year. Uh, they, I don't think they can expect to, to give Kamara this type of volume uh, all the time. And plus, Kamara can make the most of every carry. He doesn't. He doesn't need the volume to be excellent. Of course, you know, greedy. We all greedy as fantasy players. We want these thirty, forty point weeks. But they need to show more diversity on offense because they're not quite getting it in the passing game. And you know, I think they want to play a little bit more ball control and help the defense. So I think this scales Kamara back a little bit on what he's going to produce every week. All right, but he's still a locked and loaded RB1. You can start him in confidence on Monday night when they take on the Washington football team. Hey, Scotty, I opened the show by talking about how, you know, practice reports will come out today, but you have to take them with a grain of salt, and it's just a baseline for the week. The one exception, Scotty, 
is if you're playing Thursday night football like the Colts and the Patriots, and there are a lot of people on those two teams that are banged up on the New England side. Obviously, we get the return of uh, Julian Edelman, but Rob Gronkowski has been missing practice, missing walkthroughs. He left that game on Sunday with an ankle injury. Obviously, if people have them, uh, if people have Gronk, they want to start him. What do you do? How do you handle Gronk for tomorrow? Uh, I think I think with Gronk, you know, you go to the new injury report from Inside Injuries on RotoExperts.com. They're saying it's a two-week optimal recovery time for his ankle, so uh, I don't think it's looking good for him. So I, I have an, I have another tight end in my pocket. If he's game time decision, it's looking like if he plays, you you use him. If not, you have to have somebody else in your pocket. Pick up a Vance McDonald. Pick up a Tyler Croft. Even pick up a Jeff Herman, which uh, you know for the Broncos, ah, which, Dane, which Dane mentioned earlier this ah, week. You know, not somebody right. you want to use optimally, but you know, with the way the way garbage is a tight end, you know, I think he's worth an emergency flyer. Good, good, good. Listen, man, I was wondering if you would mention that because I didn't get to talk to you on uh, yesterday, but on Monday, I did see if you could extrapolate out production against the Chiefs and the fact that Jake Butt was gone for Jeff Hireman, and you were like, nah, that's crazy talk, but he led the team in targets and receiving yards, Scotty. Yeah, he did, uh, although we didn't see enough of him in the second half, right. and they were throwing other tight ends. I. I worry that it's not sustainable with him because we haven't seen anything at all from him in his career to indicate that he's this kind of pass catcher. And Case Keenum, you know, we talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick. As I predicted, he's certainly turning into a pumpkin. Yeah, I agree with you. And listen, my call on Monday was really a lot because of two things. One, the injury to butt, so the opportunity, but also the idea that everybody has been uh, scoring against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yesterday when we did waivers, Scotty, Blewett and I talked, and we mentioned those exact tight ends. I reinforced the Vance McDonald called, which, as you know, Scotty, I have been talking about for a while now. I mentioned Tyler Croft as well, who has flashed in times in for Eifert, and he will have that opportunity again uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Unfortunately, Tyler Eifert with that uh, bad injury. What about, you mentioned tight ends, right? What about, real quick, what about uh, the potential return of Hayden Hurst in Baltimore? Yeah, I remember watching him in the preseason, and uh, Joe Flacco really liked him. You know, I think that's why they drafted him high. They also drafted Mark Andrews, but I think Hayden Hurst is a real nifty pickup at a tight end where people are really, a position where people are really suffering. Yeah, no, definitely. Tight end has been a mash unit. I think Blewett and I at one point yesterday counted 11 starting tight ends that have already been lost either for significant time uh, like the O.J. Howards and Evan Ingrams or for the entire season like the Delaney Walkers or the Tyler Eiferts of the world. We got to 11 counting them, uh, you know, including Doyle and Disley and some of the others that have been out there. Um Scotty, that's only the New England side. The Indianapolis side is banged up as well. T.Y. Hilton is a concern. Jack Doyle, as you know, is still a concern with that hip. Doesn't look like he's going to make it. And also, I know we never talk about this, but Adam Vinatieri popped up on the injury report. This is something I would say you don't want to deal with. You know, remember what happened that week? Greg Zerline got, you know, banged out early, and a lot of people took a zero. I would, I know Vinatieri is like a good kicker, but you don't hold on to kickers. I think... I personally wouldn't want to risk it. I would pick up a different kicker for Sunday as well. But talk to me, T.Y., Doyle, Venetary, it's a mass unit in Indy. In Indy. Yeah, it, it certainly is. But it's a short week with Venetary. Again, people have to pay attention to kickers. I say it all the time. 
They just take a kicker and they put him in a lineup and they forget it. It's, you know, even though some of the most experienced players, they do it. Like last week, going to last week, Mason Crosby was the best kicker in fantasy football, and he was only owned in 50% of leagues. So you have to pay attention. You can't be like Craig Carton and leave Greg Zerline in your lineup when we know he's out for several weeks. That is the truth. Scotty getting in his daily dig at the crew here at FNTSY. I got to let you know also here, Scotty, that Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Brackets. Sign up today. Go on over to FantasyFactor.com. That is FantasyFactor.com. Hey, Scotty, we're talking about some of these teams. You know, we're talking about the Indianapolis Colts, the Patriots. We mentioned the New Orleans Saints. And so I got to tell the people we have a poll question up as well. Hit us up at Spit and Speeds, at Scotty Roto X, at Roto Experts. We are asking you, which returning suspended players do you think will have the biggest fantasy football impact? Is it Mark Ingram, who we discussed, now sharing a backfield with Alvin Kamara? Is it Robert Turbin, who could come back and do something that no Colts running back has done this year so far? and that's stabilized the position. Is it Jameis Winston, who I told you I think is a very interesting stash based on the fact that the Tampa Bay defense can't stop anybody, so I think Winston will be throwing it 45 times a game, or is it Julian Edelman, who will return as Tom Brady's security blanket, and boy, does it look like he needs it when some of these receivers just can't win. Speaking of which, Scott, I want to ask you about the poll in a second, but speaking of receivers that just can't win, is Chris Hogan... Finally droppable now with the return of Edelman. You got Josh Gordon there. You, you know, Gronk may or may not be there, but long term, obviously, is a big time target of Brady. And now it looks like the backfield is solidified with White and the stereotype Sony Michelle. Is, uh, is Hogan a cut candidate? He's definitely a cut candidate. Uh, I actually cut him in two leagues last night, but it all depends on who you're picking up uh, because, you know, there is the possibility with Edelman coming back that things could get freed up for Hogan and he could face less defensive attention. So he's not completely off the radar. Right now uh, we have a new article on rotoexperts.com uh, called The Trading Guide by George Kurtz. Not only does he tell you to buy low and sell sell high on, he also talks about guys that you can't trade just because they have no value and maybe you can't cut them, and Chris Hogan's on that list. Right. Um, I get so many questions, Scotty, about like, hey, uh, Chris Hogan's been horrible for me. Do you think I could go and trade him for and, you know, insert player and that player is someone who's like actually good and performing? And I'm like, listen, we say it all the time, Scott. You know, you have to put yourself in the shoes of the other owner. I had someone be like, oh, I'm I'm a Gronk owner and I'm worried because he got hurt. Do you think now I could turn around and trade him for a wide receiver one? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, who is going to want to trade for Gronk at this moment coming off the right, coming off the injury? And who, like, what wide receiver one, like that other owner, had a decision to make in the draft with the wide receiver ones, you know? They had the option to take A.J. Green or Rob Gronkowski. They had the option to take Keenan Allen or Rob Gronkowski or Thielen or Odell or Julio or any of these guys. And they chose not to take Rob Gronkowski. Like, I don't understand what people think. They just assume that they're going to be able to get whatever they want and fleece the other owner without any perspective for the other side. No, you cannot just trade Chris Hogan for, uh, you know, 
oh, I don't know, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey. No, it's not going to work out. Like, I've been asking, I've been responding, I've been telling people <laughs> Even for Sony Michelle or, yeah, or even for Dion Lewis. In the last couple of days or, you know, my, my most common response on social media is like, you can try, but I doubt the other guy will go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I say the same thing. I look, it's a very hard sell. It's you know, yeah. it's, it's a fundamental flaw when people try to make trades that they want to get rid of who they have on their bench or who's not performing for them, and they right. don't. And think, they want to not they, risk they, it. They don't. They don't complete the thought process. You have to give up something to get something. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And like, here's the thing. Funny, funny story about this. Okay, um, in my long-term dynasty league. Right, I have uh, Ertz as my tight end, and I also have Trey Burton, you know, as a backup. Right, and so as you know, Scotty, tight end is a mash unit, right? So I'm looking to flip Trey Burton, you know, to an owner who needs it. There's an owner who has Jack Doyle, who's been out, and also has, I think it was like OJ Howard, you know, and they got no options at tight end, right? And I'm looking, I need, I'm looking for a wide receiver three. Okay, that's what I'm looking for, right? And this owner, one owner has Beckham and Thielen, and Landry, and Aguilar, and Anunwa, okay? So I'm like, all right, you got five wide receivers that are all legit. What's up with a Burton for, like, you know, an Anunwa or maybe a Landry, and we make it a bigger kind of thing? And he's like, oh, okay, um... You give me Burton, and I'll give you – and I won't even dignify the people he's mentioning. You know, not even any of those wide receivers, right? And I'm like, my man, if you want to get who will be your starting tight end, you will need to either give me someone I can start or, you know, there were some other options with, like, trade pick, uh, draft picks for next year and stuff like that. But I'm like, yo, what are you trying to just cobble this together by getting your starting tight end without having any impact to your roster? And he was like, yeah, basically, but I guess you're not going to go for that, huh? And I was like, of course not. I just don't understand it, Scotty. It's what George talks about in the new trading column on Roto Experts. Everybody wants to win a trade or fleece the other guy, and if not, they don't want to do it in many cases. You, you have – you have to think, look, you can throw a wacky trade out there sometimes once in a while and get accepted. You know, I'm not saying it always won't, but you have to be prepared for if you, you're, you're going to try to trade Doug Baldwin and, and uh, you know, Chris Hogan to say uh, get Giovanni Bernard or, or somebody like that or, you know, Doug Baldwin and Chris Hogan for, for James Conner. Uh, you're going right. to have to expect to know. You're going to have to be at least prepared to have a regular alternative offer and maybe for the other owner to get ticked off at you if he's an experienced owner and, you know, find it insulting. Some owners find those things insulting, like George Kurtz talks about. He, you know, he just hits the lead and he moves on. He doesn't even respond. Yeah, uh, what I do sometimes is I uh, I do send counter offers, but that are absolutely even completely crazier. Like, I'll give you my kicker, you give me Saquon Barkley. You know what I mean? Hey, Roto Experts in the morning, we're off and running. We'll look at these week five lines after this. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
You got Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, and you got Scott, the King Angle, sounding like the fat boys over there. Uh, what you doing, brother man? There it is. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yo, if you need my asthma pump, I got you, Scotty, but let's keep it going. I'm here. throwing the human box. What are you talking about? I know, I know. I'm messing with you. Listen, like I said to people, we got a poll question up. We're asking which of the suspended players that are returning will have the biggest fantasy football impact. Right now, there is a tie between Mark Ingram and Julian Edelman. They are both receiving 99% of the vote. Jameis Winston with 14%. Only 4% for Robert Turbin. You know, someone mentioned on Twitter, we had a uh, Amp Mullen says, bruh, if Turbin gets more than 1%, they better be family. I understand that, you know, like stacked up against some of these other brand names. But, Scott, you've said it before. Um, Turbin also has a chance, like, to be, you know, a lead running back for an NFL team. I mean, Marlon Mack has been banged up and injured. Jordan Wilkins has shown that he really can't do much with his opportunity. Naheem Hines is really a change of pace pass-catching guy, I mean, there is a scenario where Robert Turbin, you know, runs for 85 yards on Thursday night and then all of a sudden is the starting running back for Indy. Look, that kind of tweet makes for an amusing quip and a chuckle, right. but there's not truth behind it. Uh, yeah, Robert Turbin, he's prob it's probably not going to happen this Thursday. Marlon Mack is practicing, and they said Turbin's workload is going to be limited. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if he emerges as the lead runner for, for the, the Colts. They feel he's dependable. You know, he's, I think he can be adequate for them, especially if Mac can't do it and continues to get hurt. They were starting him in the preseason and giving him a lot of work. This guy scored seven touchdowns two years ago. So Robert Turbin is a thing, no matter what the Twitter comedians want to say. Absolutely. Hey, Scotty, one other thing. Remember, go on and check out Roto Experts. You can get, there's great content, as always, and in the in-season exclusive edge fantasy package, one of the things you'll get is an article from Joe Galena, my guy, the fantasy Jesus, talking about waiver wire and fab Jesus. recommendations for week, week five. We talked about some of these yesterday, but my question for you is this, Scotty. Listen, we got the Bucks and the Bears on by this week, right? How do you play it? You know, um, do you like going ahead and snatching maybe people who were dropped on these two teams from by? I mean, I had someone in a, a Twitter question. I had a guy tell me that someone dropped Jordan Howard in a league. And I was like, yes, go pick him up. I don't care if he's on by this week. Go pick him up. You know, I would say the same thing. I told people that Jameis Winston was an interesting pickup and stash, you know, that kind of You're thing. You're right. What? What do you think about grabbing people, knowing they are on the buy, figuring people may drop them and they may be more, you know, and just holding them on the bench for a week and then, you know, uh, reaping the benefits thereafter? It's a rookie mistake. It's two things that people do. A, when a guy What's is hurt, a rookie mistake, to drop him or to pick him up? To drop him. You know, oh, okay. for, it's a rookie, rookie mistake to drop these guys that are either injured or on a bye week. You know, you have to think in the big picture here. You know, getting questions, should I drop O.J. Howard? Like, no way. You know, he's out two to four weeks. Should I drop Evan Ingram? No. And if you're dropping guys or not picking up guys during a bye week, you know, that those are rookie mistakes. So right now Cameron Braid is out there. With Jameis Winston back and Howard out, he makes a tremendous, tremendous tight end pickup. you got to pick up Ronald Jones. In some cases, maybe take the flyer on Tariq Cohen. You know, just don't think about the bye. Exactly. Um, here's my one question, though. Here's my question, because I agree with you, okay? I completely agree with you. My question, though, is this. How far does that stretch? For example, Scotty. 
Would you pick up the Bears' defense if they were available this week? No. I, I think I'm only talking about – well, if somebody cuts really? them, I have to consider it. That's though. what I'm You're saying. Right. Let's You're say right. someone cut you know, them. My first, my first reaction was defense. I think there's only two defenses that maybe you could stream every week. But this is a top five every week opponent. to week defense regardless of exactly. the matchup. Exactly. What I'm saying is is that there maybe is two, only two defenses in fantasy football that you can start and forget it. It might be the Jaguars and the Bears. Right. You know, so that's what I mean. Now that you have this kind of defense and nothing, nothing, Scott, I mean, like they've already played Green Bay, which may be one of their toughest matchups. Right. If you look at their season at Green Bay, it might be their toughest one. And they've already gotten through that one. So, yeah, that's the thing. I'm wondering if someone picks them up, do you go ahead and snatch them? Because, you know, then after this week with the Bears defense, one of the top, I don't know, three or five, definitely. And, you know, then they're through their by. You set them. You forget them. Them, and that's your roster defense for the rest of the season. Yeah, and you know we're going to get questions a lot about this week. Should I bench the Jaguars' defense against Kansas City? Mm. No, you know there's still the opportunity for sacks and turnovers. Yeah, I agree with you. You also just saw what a big-time defense could still do, even against Patty Mahomes. Now, albeit that was yeah, they're not at home big time for them. Well, they they they're not, limited they're not the big Kansas time City anymore. Chiefs. They limited. They, the Kansas they gave City up 27 Chiefs. points. Ah, that's better than what it was for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but that's still, that's not limiting and that's not big time. 27 okay, points. Enough. And they I'll haven't played that. nearly as well, nearly as well. There's a, there's, the Seahawks have thrown three touchdown passes in one game. It was against the Broncos. All right, so you make a great point. We do have the unstoppable force against the immovable object this Sunday. So let's go ahead and start looking forward now to our Week 5 lines. The game you're referencing is a game that I think a lot of people are going to be very interested in. The Jacksonville Jaguars and that defense travels to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, the Chiefs are three-point favorites. That's the normal for home field, so Vegas really thinks this is a heads-up pick'em game on a neutral field, and the total is the part that's interesting, right, Scott? Like, will the Chiefs' offense rule the day, or will the Jags' defense rule the day? Right now, Scott, the total in this game is 49. What do you think? You think the Jags are giving up so many points that the total becomes 49, or do they shut the Chiefs down a little bit? I think you go to the under. I really do. You know, this is, look, they talked about a test for, uh, for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yep. Who I now have a new nickname for. Uh, oh, what's I'm gonna that? Call him, I'm going to call him Russell Roethlisberger because he reminds me <laughs> a rough fusion of Russell those. Wilson with with the poise with the, with the poise for a young guy and the ability to scramble and do things on the run, and then Roethlisberger, you know, with the weapons and the ability to gun downfield. So I, I believe, you know, they they gave Russell Russell Roethlisberger like his first big test on national TV, uh, yep. and he passed it. And, you know, now this is his biggest test in terms of a matchup. Uh, And to me, when a good defense goes against a good offense, I'm always going to lead the defense, especially in the playoffs. But, you know, I'll lead Jacksonville here. All right. They always say defense wins championships. Under. You got to hit that mute button, baby. You got to hit that mute button right when you're about to cough it up like that. It's all good, though. Scotty. I'm glad you're back in the saddle after being a little bit under the weather uh, yesterday. That's why you go on and enter the promo code the King at checkout when you get that Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season package. Okay, so you like defense. That's what they say. Defense wins championships. Does that mean you're also taking the Jacksonville Jaguars plus three? On the road against the undefeated Chiefs. No, 
I would think it's going to be under, but they're going to lose the game because it's going to come down to a quarterback and I'd, who makes a play. And I think Mahomes will make a play over uh, over Bortles. Okay, I, I, I buy that. Let me ask you about this then, Scotty. A lot of people are asking me, uh, you know, in waivers and stuff like that, about TJ Yeldon. You know, how are you playing TJ Yeldon? I mean, I think he should have been rostered already because I remember telling people we talked about it after we talked to Dr. A last week on Friday, and Dr. A absolutely predicted exactly what would happen. He said they were bringing Fournette back too soon, that his injury risk was high. He basically said, like... You know, he basically declared, like, yo, Fournette will get injured yo. again. And that's exactly what happened. Shout out to our guys, Dr. A. Um, talk to me about TJ Yelton, Yeldon and even, like, Corey Grant. What are you doing with these guys? With TJ Yeldon, look, go to rotoexperts.com. Check out the inside injury reports. You have to see it this morning. They're saying it could be a lost season for owners of Leonard Fournette. He can miss four or more weeks. So T.J. Yeldon becomes a starting running back. Corey Grant, you know, we've already went down that road when uh, Fournette was inactive, and he's just not a thing. All right, absolutely. So keep an eye out on that. Um, I had some people also asking me, you know, Sammy Watkins left Monday Night Football with a hamstring injury. Um, Is there any reason you would pick up uh, some of these guys in Kansas City, some of these wideouts not named Tariq Hill, Robinson, others? No, Conley, no, none of those guys, uh, you know, they'll get in the mix and they'll be useful for NFL purposes, but that just means maybe more throwing a Kareem Hunt out of the backfield, more funneling of targets to the established guys. You can't count on those guys no matter who the quarterback is. All right, uh, we're going to keep moving around our games for week five. But one other thing I wanted to ask you was related to Joe Galina's article, the waiver wire, stuff like that. We were talking about how some of these guys are bench stashes and you would even do it with the Chicago Bears. You know, for example, Scotty, I have the Bears defense in our Greenwich Street Tavern League, which if you check, by the way, we I'm starting to come on up, okay? I know you had a great week. You're three and one. I'm two and two, but by far the highest scoring two and two team. I'm even high, higher scoring than some three and one teams. If you look at the power rankings in that league, Scotty, three of the top five uh, represent morning shows here on the Fantasy Sports Network. Blewett is... That's nice. Uh, I think Blewett is one, you're four, and I'm five in the power rankings there. I yeah, know it's you know early. I don't, I don't pay attention to what other teams are doing in the standings. I only care about my own team, but good for you. You know, that's great. All right. Well, fair enough, and you're doing just fine. We'll see as it goes. I can't wait for the week that we face each other. We'll have a little bit of fun. Listen, look, every, every, everybody wants to play against the defending champ. There's an X on my back. That's true. That's true. It is everybody's Super Bowl. But listen, we were talking about these waiver wires. One other name that, listen, he was literally inactive for the first three weeks. What about Ronald Jones? Do you, do you think, like, there's a chance that they start to turn to him? Do you think there's a chance that now that Jameis is the quarterback that he gets more run? Because, uh, you know, Peyton Barber really uh, underperformed. Yeah, Peyton Barber turned out to be just what we thought he was. I hate to yep. use the jag term, but there's nothing else to use for him. Just the Ronald Denny Jones Green. didn't. They are who we thought yeah. they were. Yeah, Ronald Jones had a pass clang off his hands. You know, they got very upset at him. He got very upset at himself. But they have they have to give him a chance. You know, they drafted the kid, and yep. you know they don't have anybody else to turn to in that backfield. Jacquez Rogers is like. You know, he's like uh, three feet six, you know, something like right. that, 112 pounds. You know, you can't give that guy a heavy roll. Uh, so that I think they're going to have no choice but to turn to Ronald Jones. 
All right, let's start looking at Thursday night football. This is a game that's going to pop off in about 36 hours. We already talked about all the injury risk and stuff like that. Um, Scotty, Patriots are 10-point favorites. I love the Patriots this week. I'm okay with them as a survivor pick. And if you want to make them your survivor pick, Scotty, you should let us know before you know Thursday's show um, if you want to declare that. But over under 51 and a half, 10-point spread. Uh, you know, Edelman coming back. We know that the Colts are really banged up. Um, would you lay 10 points? That's a big line. That's a big spread. They are playing at home. They are coming yep. off a big win. Uh, and this Colts team is flawed all over the field. So I'm going to be aggressive and saying, yep, I'll, I'll lay the 10. All right, you're going to lay the 10. I'm, you know, I'm staying away. I'm not touching this 10-point line because Thursday night football, weird things happen to me. I would, however, recommend making the Patriots one of your survivor picks if you want to this, this uh, week, okay? I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to save the Patriots. But listen, we don't know about the Patriots this year. I don't know that you want to save them for later in the season because, A, you may not get to later in the season in your survivor pools the way upsets have been going in the NFL this year. And also, what other chance are you going to get the Patriots in a better spot? They are 10-point favorites. They're a home Thursday night team uh, against a non-divisional opponent. I like that. Let me tell you something, Scott. In my big Survivor Knockout League, where we got about five, six grand on the line, um, in weeks five and 10 and 15, if it gets that far, you got to pick two games to advance, not just one in these critical weeks. So I got to find two that will get me advanced. And so I'm going to tell you right now, the Patriots are one of mine. I can't risk saving them because I got to get through week five. So the Patriots are definitely one of my picks. What do you think about that, Scotty? Because I hate when survivor pools go all the way to week 17 and then there's like six people chopping the pot. What do you think about that, having to pick two games in some weeks? I like it. It makes it more competitive. It certainly does. It certainly does. It's a nice twist. Like to some fantasy league, like Adam Ronis talks about it, where sometimes you play two games a week. Right. I have seen that, where you play against two, two managers and like you go 1-1 one and one or 2-0 and oh for the week. I really like that because, listen, and people know if you're playing fantasy heads, uh, head-to-head fantasy football, there is nothing worse. I always, every like Sunday night in between or every like on Monday night football or whatever, I always look at my league and I'm always like, I wonder, what was the highest losing score this week? You know, like who was the guy that got screwed? You know, because in every... Every week, there's someone who puts up like 150 or 160 and winds up losing, you know, maybe had the third highest point total in the whole league, but runs up against one or two and winds up taking an L. And I hate that. And on the flip side, there's someone who, you know, only puts up 112 and winds up winning just because, you know, they face someone who, like you said, had their kicker still in with zero points or something like that. And and, yeah. and so I think playing two matchups a week really kind of uh, mitigates that risk and kind of normalizes is that so I like that a little bit I like that um let's keep it moving though Scotty another game I think is very interesting now in the AFC North is the Baltimore Ravens at Cleveland to take on the Browns here's the thing Scotty the Ravens have been a different team at home versus on the road um and now Cleveland I believe is also a team that maybe looks decent at home but I don't know that they can go on the road yet everyone's on the Baker mania you know say your prayers eat your vitamins all that good stuff uh three-point spread the Browns though home dogs and you know how i feel about the home dogs especially in the dog pound ravens and browns oh, I see what a, you did there 
Yeah, you like that? And what is yeah. now a a big-time AFC North matchup? You know, these are contenders in the AFC North. How do you see this one playing out? Uh, this is going to be a tight one, but ultimately I believe it's another tough assignment for Baker Mayfield. You know, going against this opportunistic uh, Ravens defense, maybe not as, you know, shut down as they used to be, but still very opportunistic. Uh, I think you got you have to be careful. Another week to like Joe Flacco uh, mm. in fantasy football, John Brown, etc. cetera. Uh, yep. Crabtree has a floor. He really doesn't have a ceiling here, but this, this is a tough assignment. This is going to be a very, very competitive game. I would not be surprised if it's divisional, if it's low scoring for a while, and maybe it ultimately hits the under here. But uh, this is tough. But I think, you know, sometimes it comes down to a quarterback in this game, and I'll take the veteran over the rookie. Yeah, I think the Baltimore Ravens are a decent play here. Maybe be able to force the rookie into a mistake. And one of the things you talked about, you like Flacco. I've been liking Flacco also. One thing I've been talking about, though, is they're relying more on him because they can't trust Alex Collins anymore. Buck Allen might be the back to own in Baltimore. Right, Scotty? Yes. You know, it's trending in that direction. Uh, your hardboard says it's about his fumble. Can't have it. Can't have it. Can't have it. He also said, you know, he also said the chicken is a nervous bird. Or maybe that was his brother. We're back. On Roto Extras in the morning after this, more of these week five previews. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Sing it with me, Scotty. Hip hop hooray. Oh, hey. Welcome back. Hey, holla. Roto Experts in the Morning. Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I got to tell the people, Scotty. I got to tell the people that BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, live in-game wagering on all major sporting events, and you can make your play anytime during the game. BetDSI is now offering a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code FNTSY. So go on over, start winning today. That's the promo code FNTSY at BetDSI. SI.com. We got a response on Twitter from Rich at PMR1337. He says, you know what makes Survivor really competitive? When you've got 10-point favorites that lose in back-to-back weeks. Listen, you know, I got banged out in a lot of uh, pools with the Vikings in week three, um, you know, against the Buffalo Bills. And there have been some big favorites that have been going down in the last couple of weeks. I mentioned New England as a survivor pick. Some others that I like are New Orleans, potentially Monday night football against Washington with the Mark Ingram return. I like Carolina as a potential this week. They are at home coming off their bye against the New York Giants who don't look amazing. And I also like Cincinnati. <laughs> Um, coming home against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins really showed themselves outside of Florida to not be that strong, in my opinion. They now have back-to-back road games against Cincinnati. That would have happened at home, good. too. 
That's true. Um, but, you know, Cincinnati has been on the road against two tough teams the last couple of weeks, Carolina and Atlanta. They got a split in those games. They come home now and host the Dolphins, who will have their second road game in a row. I like Cincy as a potential survivor pick. Scotty, they are six-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Are you laying the six-and-a-half with the Bengals? Potential return of Joe Mixon? Yeah, uh, it doesn't look like Mixon's returning this week, according to Inside nope. Injury. He's going to miss at least another week. You know, the coaching hmm. staff is is saying that, uh, you know, probably be out another week. It's, uh, you know, it doesn't look good. It's another Giovanni Bernard, you know, real good game against a weak linebacking crew in Miami. So I'm definitely laying the points here. You know, this could be another blowout. Remember what I said about the Dolphins? They started 3-0. and They could end up being 3-5. and Yep, I agree with you. And also remember... The difference of a lot of those wins with teams coming into the Florida heat in September is an advantage for them the same way it is when warm yes. weather teams try to go up north in December. Um, I'm intrigued by the total in this game, Scott. 49 right. and a half seems to be pretty high to me. I mean, I think the Bengals are a quality defense, to be quite honest. I'm okay with streaming them as a defense. You know, Tannehill Osweiler got into that game last week. I don't, you know, they have no real number one wide receiver. They've been cobbling it together with a lot of trick plays, Scott. You know, Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, kickoff returns for touchdowns. I don't think they could go heads up and beat you. I like the Cincinnati Bengals defense as a streamer this week. Let me know what you think about that. And are you on the under on this total the same way I think I am? Uh, I think I'm going to go to the over here. The Bengals really, uh, you know, don't have that good of a defense. You know, they haven't played good defense, uh, you know, hmm. for most of the season so far. Uh, I think they have a reputation as a good defense, but you know, I think I think Miami can score some points here. But ultimately, you know, the, the Cincinnati offense at at home is going to be too much to overcome. Okay, so, so you do like the Bengals. You lay the points. You think this is more than a touchdown win for Cincinnati, yeah? Yeah. All right, so, you know, maybe that like does make 30, it viable. Like a, like a, I would say like a, 30, uh, like, a, like a 38 to like 27 kind of game. Hey, that will definitely hit the over, and that would also get you the Bengals uh, to cover the spread. It would also help you as a survivor the pick, angles. as I mentioned. As I mentioned, yeah, you got to get. Uh, we got to holler at. We got to holler at my man Kenny Cashman for Rotoware because of that. Another team I just said that I think is a potential Survivor League play this week. I want to get your take on this. Is the Carolina Panthers? Listen, I love a team coming off their bye at home and they're facing the Giants, and this is the same situation. Back to back road games for the Giants. They were down in Houston. Uh, no, excuse me. It's not. That's not the case. They were home for the Saints. My bad. But still, them going on the road against the rested home team in Carolina. Carolina is one of those teams also that plays a lot better at home than they do on the road. The Panthers are seven-point favorites. I like them as Survivor. I think I like them to cover this spread as well. What do you think about this game? Yeah, you know, the Panthers are coming fresh off a of bye here. And uh, don't forget, you know, if you need some tight end help about it, if you're desperate, you know, if you can't get advanced McDonald or something like that, uh, you know, they, they, maybe you give Ian Thomas a role here, but, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not too confident in that, but, uh, you know, this Giants defense is very, very vulnerable. You know, I like Devin Funches in this game. Uh, another big game for Christian McCaffrey here. Uh, and, you know, again, with Ian Thomas, you know, the Giants historically are not good against the tight ends in the, in the receiving game either here. Uh, I, I think the Panthers could really dominate this one, and I'm, I'm taking the Panthers here. But it might, it yep. might hit the under, though. 
Fair enough. I can yeah, see the Giants scored 13 points this week. Right. So, you know, still something like a 23-13, which could still cover the spread and yeah. the under. You mentioned you Ian go. Thomas. I wanted to ask you a question. What about the other tight end, Rhett Ellison, on the Giants side? I mean, Ingram is banged up. Ellison got a couple of catches last week. Is he something you'd give somebody you'd give a look to? Only if I'm super desperate in like a 16-team league. Once in a while, he's more of a blocker than anything. It's it's almost like asking, you know, should I pick up Virgil Green? All right, fair enough. Listen, if there's nobody else on the roster at tight end, maybe you still got to look at I'd, ra- I'd, ra- I'd rather I'd rather take your boy Herman in, uh, in Denver. All right. Jeff Hireman continues to be an option. Dare I say I'd rather have Ben Watson than, than Red Ellison. Well, that's a little bit ridiculous, in my opinion. No, it's but, not. All right. No, I mean, but then Red Ellison, sure, but I don't want any part of Ben Watson either. I um, don't, and that's, that, that's just, that just shows how, how down the ladder he is for me. All right, fair enough. Let's go to one other game here, Scotty. You know, listen, I've been telling everybody, anybody who will listen, about the home dogs, and it proved true again. You know, it proved true again last week. I mean, some of these teams, these home dogs, maybe they didn't win the game outright, like Tennessee did, for example, even against the defending Super Bowl champions, but they wound up covering, you know, Arizona against Seattle. Scotty, unfortunately, you had Seattle minus uh, two and a half, right? They won by three. You look at uh, Monday night football even you know everybody was on Kansas City I think the line wound up being Denver uh like five points and was that unfortunate with the Seahawks they covered right they let's see what you got here you had oh it was Seattle no it was Seattle minus three and a half Scotty Seattle minus three and a half half. they won by three okay it was God, Seattle God. minus three and a half. You had a tough week, Scotty, unfortunately. You went 0-3, but you did get your survivor pick right of the Green Bay Packers. But unfortunately, Scotty, your three picks uh, were 0-3. You had Seattle minus three and a half. You had Dallas minus three. They only won by two. You really got cut here, bro. You really got, like, bad beat here, though, Scott. I mean, you had Dallas minus three. They won by two. You had Dallas minus three and a half. They won by three. You know, the only call that you had that was like, you know, not in doubt was unfortunately you took the under on the Bears and Bucks game, and Mitch Trubisky did that almost by himself in the first half. But I digress. Let's go back to uh, I twisted today, the uh, knife a little bit. I see. No, you brought it up. Or I was bringing it up with the home dogs. Okay, so let me go back to the home dogs and not necessarily on your picks. I did go three and zero this week, by the way, Scotty. But that's besides the point. We'll probably um, hear about that for the rest of the week. No, we'll only hear about it on Friday yeah. when we make our picks and recap our records. But the Bills are this example as well. They are a home dog. They are getting more than a field goal. They're getting, they're getting three and a half points against the Tennessee Titans. Listen, you know, we've talked about this, Scotty, on like if Tennessee is a public team or not, stuff like that. Did you see uh, – I think it was Taylor Lewan who was uh, making quotes after the – after their win against Philadelphia, and they're like, yo, it's time for the Tennessee Titans to get some respect. They are now 3-1, and one, yep. and in the last two weeks, they've gone on the road to beat a team that was in the AFC Championship game, and everybody's darling in the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, by the way, I don't know if anybody noticed, but the Titans also swept the season series against the Jaguars last year, so this is nothing new in that rivalry. And then they go ahead and beat the defending Super Bowl champions. This is a team that was also in the divisional round of the playoffs last year and still nobody respects them they're at three and one uh should they be getting more than three and a half points against buffalo in buffalo 
I think so. I, I think they've earned it. You know, the thing with the Titans is they're not a sexy team. You know, they right. That's what you I know, they, they win ugly, kind of and you know that's why that that's why they're not a public team here. But no, this is a this is a, a week in which you can go to Corey Davis again. Uh, you know, Taiwan Taylor is somebody worth picking up as well. You know, the way that he's been coming on. Uh, I think you like Dion Lewis this week, and maybe even Derrick Henry gets in the end zone. Okay, so that's interesting. Talk to me about, you know, one of these popular waiver ads that we didn't have a chance to talk about yesterday, uh, Taiwan Taylor. What do you think about Taiwan Taylor? Do you think, like, <clears throat> with Rashad Matthews pretty much saying he's done, uh, do you think Taylor has an opportunity? Or, you know, are you more of the mindset kind of like I am, where I look at the overall offense, and it's not like Tennessee is a prolific passing offense, so I wonder how many pass catchers can this offense sustain? Right, you know about Corey Davis, you know about Deion Lewis out of the backfield as well. What are your thoughts on Taiwan Taylor? Yeah, they really don't have a lot of pass catchers to sustain. They you know, they need a number two wide receiver there. They need Taiwan Taylor to step up. He flashed last year and uh and you know, now we're seeing it more. He had a really good preseason, you know, had that big preseason game. I think Taiwan Taylor's a thing. I don't think, you know, people are thinking about picking him up. He's not owned in a lot of leagues, but you know, I picked him up in two leagues last night. I think you have to go after Taiwan Taylor if you're playing in a deep league. Now, could you here here's a question. Should you cut yes. Chris Hogan and pick up Taiwan Taylor? See, that's uh, the que- yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. You know, like and you know I what? I'm gonna I go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. You know why? Because I don't know that I can, I can do understand. That, I can understand why you're hesitant about it. But you know what? After four weeks, you know Chris Hogan is a big cut candidate, and Taiwan yeah. Taylor's on the come. He's on the rise. So, and you're looking at both of these as bench guys. Who would I rather have on my bench right now? Taiwan Taylor. If I had to start somebody on a bye week this week, it would be Taiwan Taylor and not Chris Hogan. So ultimately, I'm gonna make that call. Yeah, no, I, I I hear you, and I understand. Look, some it, guys, right? you feel like, oh, I don't, I don't want to cut them. You know, maybe they're off to a slow start, and they're a better player right. like that. And it's tough, I understand, but you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I hear you. I've got a lot of questions about Chris Hogan. A lot of questions about some of these other guys. I mean, you were, for example, off uh, during the break, we were talking about like. You were saying you were doing your, you know, in-season ranks that are going to be up on the site, rotoexperts.com. By the way, don't forget to go grab the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy package and to the promo code this the King at checkout. But here's the thing. You were talking about, like, I can't believe this. I'm ranking Philip Lindsay over David Johnson. And, like, my knee-jerk reaction is I can't believe it either. And when we talk about things like Hogan for Taiwan Taylor, but – we are past the quarter pole of the season, Scott. So I think who said it ripped the name point, ripped the name off the back of the jersey. Yeah, look at the, the blind resume kind of stuff, right? And well, here's the thing, Scott. I don't think you do that after like week one. You know what no. I mean? But after week four, you're starting to get to the point where you gotta trust what you've seen for the part, for the season. Yep, it, it, it's week four is always a good measuring stick. All right, so I guess I guess that is the case. That only means, Scotty, we're going to be bombarded with more of these kind of questions of these like one-off guys who I I just don't necessarily, you know, want to stake my claim because listen, it's week five. Uh, Taylor's not a one-off. I know, but I'm I'm more worried about week 
week 14, 15, and 16 than week six or seven, especially if I'm like four and you oh, have to get or there. if I'm three and one. I, I, I know, I know, it's just tough. We're at this in-between stage where I don't know if I trust the back of the baseball card or if I trust what I've seen over the last couple of weeks. Let's take one more I game. think Tywood Taylor's have flashed enough where I'm confident in it. All right, we got time for one more game here, Scotty, before we hit the top of the hour. And, you know, it's interesting. I got a... Uh, uh, I got a friend of mine who's inter- he he grew up in Denver and is now in the Bay. So he's been texting me because he grew up as a Broncos fan for football and now is a big time Oakland A's fan. So he's texting me because of, you know the AL card the AL wild card game tonight and then my Jets face his Broncos on Sunday. That's the game we're talking about. Broncos at Jets. The Jets are one point favorites. This is in essence a pick'em in this game. Jets returning home after their game at Jacksonville. Denver. Listen, the Denver Broncos are a much different team on the Eastern Coast than they are at Invesco Field or Mile High. How do you see this one playing out? Could the Jets get back on the winning note with Sam I am? I think it's going to be a competitive game. Case Keenum, you know, he's a bum. He overachieved last year. And that Jets defense can still be opportunistic. So I think the Jets have a chance here, and I think they're kind of desperate and dangerous here. And how bad is Keenum? Like, he's, he's making Demarius Thomas look worse than I expected. I was not in on Demarius Thomas. But, you know, that team can run the ball. So this is going to be a tight game here, uh, I think. But uh, I, th- I think the Jets rebound because they're desperate. And, you know, this is yeah. a team I think that they, they can hang with. Uh, you know, yep. Denver's defense is not nearly as good as advertised. And, you know, we saw Kareem Hunt at him. I think the Jets, using their two their running back timeshare there, can take some pressure off of Sam Darnold. Uh, look, it's still a good enough of a defense where picks are a bugaboo for Darnold, but both right. these quarterbacks, look, Darnold has not been established enough yet, and Keenum, you know, he's just he's way overrated coming into this year. Either quarterback could throw a game-winning intercept, interception here. A pick six to finish the game on either side would not stun me, so I think this is going to be very close. Yeah, like I agree pu- with you. This is like the push of the week to me. I think this is a close game. I'm staying away from it with my loyalties aside. If you force me to pick, I would pick the Jets. And the reason why is there's two trends that are at play here that I believe in. One is the West Coast team flying east for this game. I know Denver's in the Rocky Mountains, not fully on the West Coast, but that time differential. And the other thing that matters is also for me the rest disparity. Okay, remember the Broncos coming off Monday night football and then are traveling west to east. And I just, as you you have noted, I don't think Case Keenum is anything special despite his contract. Um, The one thing I'm going to want to ask you about here, you mentioned Demarius Thomas. I'm intrigued by Cortland Sutton, Scott. Is Cortland Sutton going to leapfrog Demarius Thomas this year? I always was on Sutton as a dynasty kind of guy. I've mentioned the contract situations of both DT and Manny Sanders. But in redraft leagues, for the rest of this season, is there a chance that Sutton hops over Demarius Thomas as the number two in Denver? No. I think it could be like, you know, sharing targets sharing catches where they're cutting into each other. They're not going to totally get rid of Demarius Thomas and, you know, put him in the rearview mirror here. But uh, Cortland Sutton's on the come. I I think it hurts both of them fantasy-wise. 
All right, fair enough. Listen, we got a lot more games to discuss, so on a Wednesday, we keep it locked. It'll be the King, Scott Angle, and Speeds, the spitting statistician, next hour during Fantasy Sports Today as we continue to give you our early thoughts on these Week 5 games. And don't forget to go on over to DailyRoto.com. They got the Go Premium tab. You get the Daily Fantasy Line Optimizer. It has helped create 7 millionaires over at DailyRoto.com. You also now get the Sports Betting tab, where you'll be able to use the same tools for money line picks picks against the spread game totals and player props so go on over to dailyroto.com the industry where millionaires the, the website where millionaires are made quite literally scott and i are still in the chairs for another hour previewing these week five matchups when we come back but that's in the books